Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I just want to, uh, right out of the, right out of the box here, I'd like to, uh, congratulate Nikki Haley. Yeah. I mean, she managed to finish last twice and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Joe, I don't even know you're here yet. You can't be laughing. She managed to finish last twice. And both times managed to frame it as a win. It's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, I talk about the gift of marketing. Finish last. Okay, well, technically in New Hampshire, there were 25 people on the ballot. But I'm talking about a major candidate who've raised money and were showing up in polls. She is. All right, Joe, you were there. Am I, am I now? Joe, am I wrong? She's Very finished last now. <laughs> that right? She, she's finished last. <laughs> last in Iowa. Like first, second, she was third. And then yeah. she finished last in New Hampshire. Trumpet in her. And yet, amazingly, both times she's framed this thing as a win. Listen, <laughs> Daddy O, this ain't personal. I don't know Nikki Haley. I don't want to know Nikki Haley. Why? Because politicians freaking hate you. They hate you. I'm sorry to break the bad news. Use them as tools like they use you as tools to get elected. You use them as tools to get stuff you needed passed. That's it. I see you as a tool. You see me as a tool. Do we likey-likey? Who gives a shit? We don't. I don't care. (laughs) However, that speech last night was ridiculous. She's finished last. Twice. It's time to move on. Holy shit, man. (laughs) You finished last. Twice. Using the internet without ExpressVPNs, like leaving your keys in the car while you run in the gas station for a snack. Eh, most of the time, you're probably okay. But what if you come back to see someone driving off with your car? Don't do it. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, any hacker on the same network can gain, gain, gain access to your personal data. ExpressVPN. I use it. Why? Because it creates a secure encrypted uh, tunnel between your device here and the internet so hackers can't steal your sensitive data. Take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. Here's the plus for non-techie guys like me. It's super easy to use. You fire up the app, you click one button, and bang, you're protected. Works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more, so you can stay secure in the go. Why do I use it? Because I don't want the government reading what the hell I'm doing online. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them if you really want to know. So do what I do. Secure your online data today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. And you can get an extra three months free. It's a great deal. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, Joe, I think it's Wednesday, so let's get this party started. Yeah, this is a winning Wednesday, Dan. <laughs> it is for us. It is for yeah. Apparently, I didn't even know this. It's for Nikki Haley, too. Folks, you listened to that speech last night Nikki Haley gave. After losing by double digits and finishing last for the second time, again, you would think she won. Now, Dan, you know, fairly enough, you may say you said primaries are good things. They are good things while they're still competitive primaries because they keep candidates sharp. Everybody's ready to go. They keep you in the press cycle. The problem now with this primary season, which we're now two of the most important critical states in with a caucus in Iowa and a primary in New Hampshire is you've got a good flavor for a regional vote in Iowa. Joe, can we all agree a totally different voter than New Hampshire? An upper northeastern kind of voter. And both of them have said, we want Trump by double digits. And Nikki Haley didn't even beat DeSantis in Iowa, who already said, listen, there's really, DeSantis' words, not mine. 
I love Ron DeSantis. He's a great guy. Great governor. But DeSantis himself said, there's no path. I don't want to waste anybody's time. So I'm just asking, like, I'm sorry, but what the fuck is Nikki Haley doing? You understand, like, all of the money now for this primary. Oh, I'm in it till Super Tuesday and all this other stuff she's saying. This is all wasted money that's going to go towards fighting other Republicans. Primaries are good things. They're great things. But they're not unnecessary primaries aren't. I'm sorry, man. All due respect, if you're a Nikki Haley supporter and you watch the show, you're absolutely welcome here. It's not personal. This is just a matter of pure tactics at this point. What is Nikki Haley's path? So I titled this show, What Should Nikki Haley Do Now? And whereas I still think Ron DeSantis should be the Secretary of Defense, for reasons I laid out the other day, you can listen to that show if you'd like. Nikki Haley's role right now is honestly probably just to go away. Uh, Dan, I was expecting some bigger, bolder. No, there's nothing. There Really, I don't see a place for Nikki Haley in this administration. Why? Because Nikki Haley was in the administration. And she told everyone that she wouldn't run if Trump did. And then she turned around and ran when Trump did. I'm sorry. Like, you can't trust Nikki Haley. She'll be one of these people who would probably leak to the media or her staff would. Nikki Haley should ride off into the sunset. And if she wants to run in 2028, who am I to tell her not to? She's not my candidate. It's not personal. She's free to run. It's a free country. But Nikki Haley needs to wrap it up. This, it, this, it, it's ridiculous. I want you to keep something in mind. Nikki Haley was endorsed by a very popular governor of that state, okay? Nikki Haley practically lived in New Hampshire. Nikki Haley made a point to insult Iowa voters and say New Hampshire was going to correct it. Something like 60% of the people supporting Nikki Haley were not Republicans. And she still lost, dude, by 10. Tony, she lost by double digits. The Deuceroo, one digit, two digits. That's it. She lost. She got smoked. Now, well, let me play Trump first because Trump was kind of funny in this. I'm going to tell you what she's doing because it would be silly to me to ask a question like that without an answer if I had it. You know, if you don't have an answer, you don't have an answer. But I know what she's doing here and why she's staying in. I'm going to explain that to you. I'm going to just sum it up here so I don't bury the lead. She's playing right now the air and the spare strategy. I'll explain that in a second. But Trump was kind of funny last night. He addressed this exact point. Like, what the hell kind of speech was that? She just got crushed. You would think she won something. Here, listen to this. I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely <laughs> when it was at seven. But now I just walked up and it's at 14. But, but she ran up when it was seven. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing... Uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. And, you know, last last week we had a little bit of a problem. And if you remember, Ron was very upset because she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around. I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. Uh, folks, listen, the guy's not lying like. I don't understand what, the, what game she's trying to play here. If, now, I, I will say this. She would have, I don't think, a good case, but she would have a case if she had beaten Ron DeSantis in Iowa. She would have been like, listen, man, I took out Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis lived in Iowa. He's a popular governor. 
I am the heir to the throne here. Shit's not what happened. That is absolutely not what happened. She lost. And in a state, she buried her political career in New Hampshire. She got crushed too with a totally different electorate. Now, here's the strategy from what I'm hearing from very informed, articulate people. I'll tell you the strategy and what's going to stop her. She's doing this kind of air and despair strategy. I actually heard a, a Ducey on Fox this morning call it the designated survivor. It's the same thing. I guess the same kind of people who told him that told me that. She's thinking right now, along with her supporters, that, okay, I honestly have no chance of winning. I, I'm, you know, I have no chance of winning here. It's not going to happen. But I can win by default if Donald Trump say, say he gets uh, locked up in jail and something happens. I, I don't even want to get into the something. But you guys can figure it out. I'm not saying they're hoping for that. I'm not impugning anybody's character. Don't read into it. They're just playing. Listen to me. It's pure tactics on their part. Get in their heads. I'm not saying they're hoping he dies or anything like that. I'm just saying he's an older guy and in some ridiculous legal trouble the Democrats invented. And they're thinking if something bad happens, she's going to be Trump's the heir. He's going to do it. And they're the spare. You get it? It's the air and the spare strategy. Now, what worries me about that strategy is if she stays into South Carolina, she may stay in till the end. I mean, I'm not kidding here. She may stay in this thing to the end because if she goes to uh, South Carolina, if she goes to South Carolina where she was the governor, the governor, and she gets smizzled, she gets smoked. Folks, she's effectively finished for the future. Any primary opponent 2020 is going to be like, dude, you couldn't even win your own state. She's got no future. My point being, if she's got no future, she can only live like Eckhart Tolle, the power of now. If you know, you know. She's only in the now, which means she's going to be like, I'm staying into the end. Maybe something crazy will happen at the convention. Trump's the heir. The air goes down, I'm the spare. She's practicing the air and the spare strategy. If she changes her mind, which would be smart, she may be viable in 2028, but she may go all in now hoping something happens to Trump. Here's the problem with that strategy. Ladies and gentlemen, I've told you all along, over and over again, donors, all cheese, man, cheddar, dinero. My daughter calls it bread. Dockets, money, campaigns require money. Nikki Haley is not going to hitchhike from Nevada, which is next, to South Carolina. There's a primary and a caucus. Only the caucus matters on the Republican side. Nikki Haley's in the primary side. But still, she's going to frame that as a win, even though Trump's not even in the Nevada primary. He's in the caucus, which is the only thing that matters for delegates. Guaranteed she frames it as a win. You understand you can't hitchhike there. This stuff requires money and campaign staff. The reason Ron DeSantis got out, listen to me, is Ron DeSantis's donors like him as a candidate, want him to have a political future, but understood there's no path this year. You understand they were like, we're done. The only person that's going to stop Nikki Haley right now are the donors. That is it. When the donors tell her enough, then it's going to be enough. I want to just point out something interesting last night, too, because there's a bunch of bullshit and lies about this floating around. A lot of people out there are like, oh, you know, Nikki Haley didn't get a lot of Democrats to vote for her. Yes, it is correct 
that you had to have changed your voter registration a while ago if you were a Democrat to vote in a Republican primary. But it is an open primary in that Democrat-leaning independents, when there are, there are a lot of them, by the way, in Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, they are technically ideological Democrats, can absolutely vote in a primary for, uh, for in the Republican primary. So anyone telling you otherwise is lying. But notice how Caitlin Collins leaves that part out. She talks about the registration process, forgetting that, again, a lot of independents are, in fact, Democrats up there. And some Democrats re-registered. I'm going to show it to you in a minute on the same network. Here's CNN saying, oh, no, no Democrats voted for Nikki Haley because this it's bullshit. Here, take a listen. That's what his concern is. That's why he's been talking about and pushing a false claim that Democrats can vote in today's election. As we know, they can't. The cutoff is Every official in New Hampshire has reminded us, including Republicans, was back in October. But Trump has been pushing that. Okay, man, no kidding. You're talking about the process. That's not what we're talking about. One, people probably did re-register. And second, a lot of people who are just independents because they like to float in a primary can, in fact, vote in a Republican primary. That's a fact. Nikki Haley was actually hoping that liberal leaning independence, because there was no competitive primary, Biden was a write in candidate, one handily, by the way, on the Democrat side, that they would go vote in a Republican Party. Oh, that didn't happen. Caitlin Collins is right. Here's Caitlin Collins' own network debunking, debunking Caitlin Collins, saying, hey, a lot of Nikki Haley supporters, in fact, we're Republicans. Listen to yourself. Take a look at the numbers. Among Trump voters, 70% of them, according to our exit polls, are registered Republicans. Donald Trump, his support, 27% of his voters are registered undeclared or independents. Uh, 3% were unregistered before today. Look at how that compares with Nikki Haley. It's a complete reversal. It's an alternate universe. Among Haley voters, 70% are registered undeclared. Only 27% are registered Republican. It's just hilarious when their own network kind of discredits what they're saying. Nikki Haley was unquestionably relying on a lot of non-Republican voters to come out and vote for them. It shows in all the exit polling. I mean, you just got to look at it yourself, folks. So again, I'm just going to sum this up for you with Haley. It's time to drop out. You have no path. She has finished last amongst competitive candidates. Again, not last overall. There were a number of candidates and, you know, there's a lot of people and everybody can jump in. That's why I'm not knocking anyone, but... They don't raise any money. They don't show up in the polls. Of the competitive candidates, Nikki Haley has finished last twice. She is obviously right now practicing the air and the spare strategy, and it's not helping anyone in the Republican Party. Trump's the air. She wants to be the spare. We don't need a spare right now because it's wasting assets feeding two people, both the air and the spare. And we got a competitive race on our hands. All right, now I got to get back to this. Folks. Tony, you met him, right? My buddy was just here. I'm not going to say who he is. I'm going to say his name, obviously. But let's just say I got a law enforcement contact. I can call him a source because he's a friend and all. But this is a guy who operated at, you know, the highest levels of law enforcement. And let me tell you something. Nobody understands how security camera footage and things like that work better than this guy. Everybody tracking? Nobody. And I just spent a couple hours kind of with a debrief with this cat talking about that bomber video footage 
And holy shit, do I got some information for you today about the January 6th bomber. I'm not letting this go. I'm not letting this go. Ladies and gentlemen, what are they hiding? This is a huge story, and it's only getting weirder by the day. Here's a simple question I want to start this thing with, and I want you to just beam in right on this. Why are they covering up the fact that Kamala Harris was at the DNC building in D.C. and not on Capitol Hill when the January 6th insurrection and certification process was going on? Why are they covering this up? If the bomb was real and Kamala Harris was inside a building, the DNC with a bomb outside, why is the media, the DNC, the Democrats and Kamala Harris covering up the fact that she was there? It would only further their narrative. Dan, they're not covering it up. Ladies and gentlemen, do I ever do a show without receipts? The answer is no. Of course not. Of course we don't. Here's Kamala Harris. It's popped up on social media yesterday. Here she is doing an interview after the whole January 6th insurrection. I want you to notice where she said she was on January 6th, keeping in mind that she left the Capitol at 1125 a.m. on January 6th and was not there as this insurrection was happening. But you'd never know that by the interview she's given. Just listen yourself. I was at the Capitol that morning and then I was um, in a meeting and I was told that I should leave. And then I was taken to a secure location with my husband. We watched in horror. You are absolutely right. It was seismic. It was an inflection moment. You know, sometimes we think an inflection moment is the bringing of something that is positive. No, it was a in many ways, a reckoning. It was an exposure of the vulnerability of our democracy. Ladies and gentlemen, an exposure of the vulnerability, vulnerability of our democracy. What would expose the vulnerability of our democracy more than a deranged MAGA bomber trying to kill you while you were in the DNC building? What? But you notice she doesn't mention that? She implies she was in the Capitol when this was happening. But she wasn't. She was at the DNC. She wasn't there getting feted and loved on by all the Democrats. Congratulations, Miss Vice President-elect. Isn't this wonderful? Yes, it is, sir. So wonderful, Senator. What a day. But oddly, she wasn't there. So you just won the vice presidential campaign. You're the vice president-elect. You put yourself in her shoes. You're there for this historic moment. Historic. Can you skip it? Really? Think about it, folks. According to the current theory, Kamala Harris was almost assassinated on January 6th by a bomb. And yet no one in the media is asking any questions. Matter of fact, this is one of the few times I'm actually begging people in the media just to ask a question. You think we're conspiracy theorists? I'm just asking you to ask the same question. If there was a deranged MAGA bomber out there who tried to kill someone, I'd like to know, especially given my prior line of work. Strange how nobody seems to care. Surface? Not even scratched. 
I got something about the camera coming up for you next. And I'm going to tell you for sure, there's some shit going on here. And there is definitely this story you've been told about this. Some random guy is total bullshit. And I'm sure of it now. Folks, traditional media is crumbling. Why? Because they're hiding something, something big. This whole, this is crazy. Did you like plot this? But did you put the spot in there on purpose for Patriots? <laughs> it's like perfect. I didn't, I didn't even know. It was, people are realizing they're being lied to left and right. Yes. You guys know the truth. You can't trust the G, the government. You can't trust any of these people. Time to prepare is right now. Get started by going to mypatriotsupply.com. There you'll save $200 on an essential three-month emergency food kit for My Patriot Supply. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped me and millions of American families prepare for emergencies. Yours should be next. The emergency food comes sealed in ultra-durable packaging. Their delicious meals last up to 25 years in storage. It's a lot. They provide over 2,000 calories a day. You know what calories are in an emergency? Yeah, survival. Eat right, and most importantly, stay alive when things go wrong with these three-month emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. With $200 in savings, you can get enough for each family member. They deserve your protection. Hey, let's be candid. Best day of your life, you throw it all out in 25 years. The worst day of your life, you go looking for it, and you don't have it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. for free same-day shipping. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Okay, back to the show. Folks, the other day I showed, Gee, can you pull that video, the pan, the one where they pan in? I'm sure I should have asked you about that. You know, the one, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, give me, yeah, take it, take your time. It's not a big rush. I should have told you before the show, but that's fine. See, I can prove to you it's a live show. So, so folks, I've got a friend and this friend has a, a body of experience in the uh, law enforcement camera space like no one else. I, I don't want to give up his name because it's not important. Just trust me. It's real. Tony, you met him, right? He's real. Okay, Tony's like only been here. He's not going to lie for anybody. <laughs> Tony's got a reputation too. Uh, he was actually here fixing my cameras because I have cameras all over my house. And he said, I need to talk to you about this January 6th case. He watches my show. He said, I want you to notice something about this footage he's going to pull up in a minute. He said, I did this for, you know, 10 years of my life. He said, the footage outside of the DNC, when it's clear someone from the Secret Service or DC Metro has called someone in the Joint Operations Center and told them we've got a bomb outside of the DNC or a device. They probably said a device. It is clear that someone in the comm center received the traffic, obviously, and started zooming in. In other words, received the traffic and started looking for the problem. You'll see it in the footage coming up here in a minute. So my friend says to me, he goes, Dan, there's a problem here. He says, that camera, that the modality of that camera, how it works, it's called a PTZ. I said, what's a PTZ? He says, what's that? Yeah, Guy knows. He's in the space. Guy and Tobit. I'd never heard of this. It's called a pan-tilt zoom camera. And I said, so? He said, Dan, the pan-tilt zoom camera, you would only do, watch, panning, tilting, zooming. Here's the footage right here. You're watching it. Ladies and gentlemen, who's doing that? A person who's zooming in on the bomb. Meaning what? This camera was manned 24 hours. You don't put a pan tilt zoom camera up if it's not manned. Meaning if that camera was fixed on that building the entire night and can pan tilt and zoom Somebody saw the subject drop the bomb there. 
Look, there, there's Kidu. Look, that's my lumbrokinase. Natokinase, I'm sorry. Just in case I have like a heart attack for Novax. There it is. Yeah, yeah Shuinki. There it is. Natokinase. There it is. Look at that. Here's the fan. Look, you can zoom right in. There's a fan thing. Pan tilt zoom. Gee's doing it. There was somebody there 24 hours. When they dropped the mother bomb, somebody saw it. And he said to me something else. Again, he's only done this shit for over a decade of his life. He said, Dan O, you don't put a PTZ camera with a joystick in front of a building of that importance, the DNC, without fixed cameras around it. And I said, why would you do that? If you can pan, tilt, and zoom, why the hell would you put a bunch of fixed cameras? He said, you just answered your own question. Because you can pan, tilt, and zoom. And Guy, can you go back to it again, the video? Notice something. When the guy operating the joystick, who's told by Secret Service and DC Metro there's a device, pans, tilts, and zooms, Notice what you see, but now stop right there. What do you not see? Everything else. So you don't put a PTZ camera up without fixed cameras to cover what you miss when you pan, tilt, and zoom. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, there are obviously multiple angles of this. Somebody saw this guy come into the frame and drop the bomb and nobody's showing us that video. What the, what is going on? Do we have Kamala Harris's tweet? I, I thought, I, did I send that? Did we, the tweet, was that from yesterday? I don't know, I may say. She sent out a tweet afterwards too. I don't, I probably. Oh, yeah, 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 cool. I'm glad you had this. This is from, yeah, I'll get to this in a second, but keep that up. This is from Julie Kelly's piece, which I'm getting, she's a guest on my radio show later. Here's Kamala Harris's tweet. Notice the date, January 6th, 5 p.m. Do you notice she makes no mention whatsoever about potentially being assassinated? I joined President-elect Biden in calling for the assault on the Capitol and our nation's public servants to end. And as he said, allow the work of democracy to go forward. You were just almost assassinated. You don't even mention it? Folks, there is footage out there of this dude dropping a device. There's zero question. When the device was dropped, I don't know. They say it was the night before. I don't believe it. Folks, I'm, 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 I'm listen, I got to speculate. Is it okay? Chatsters, is it all right? Give me a big yes or no. I'm going to get to Julie Kelly's piece in a second. Here's what I think is going on. I think this was a plot. Whose plot? I don't know. Obviously, someone who hates Donald Trump. I think they were so afraid that some of the malfeasance in the election was going to be exposed by the January 6th certification process in front of the entire country that they needed a distraction, even if they had to create the distraction to themselves. Now, I'm going to be straight with you. I know the people who are in charge with this, of the Secret Service. I... I see absolutely zero chance they were in on this. And their response to it is where I differ a little bit from others. And I promise you, I have called a spade a spade. When that guy jumped the fence at the White House and got in, I was absolutely candid with you. The Salahi thing, I have never covered for unnecessary malfeasance. I, did you not hear me on Cocaine Gate? 
Did you miss that show? I have got to be straight and candid with you. I see absolutely no way they knew or were part of this. None. It makes zero sense. You would, you'd be fired for showing up with the vice president with a bomb on the scene if you missed it in the sweep. There, something happened here. Somebody was trying to frame MAGA people to make it look like they were assassinating the vice president. That has to be the reason she was there. Nothing else makes sense. There is no other scenario that makes sense. And media people, if you think this is crazy, fine. Fair enough. You're entitled to your opinion. Debunk it. Go ask Kamala Harris what the she was doing at the DNC and settle this. Settle this once and for all. Ask DC Metro. Is that a PTZ camera? Were you guys zoomed in on the guy who sat on the bench the night before? You have video of it. The FBI showed us frames of it. That was clearly doctored, too, from what Darren Beatty showed. Why can't you just show us the person dropping the bomb? Maybe they didn't. Someone's getting framed here. And I'm telling you, you can call me crazy however you want. I'll bet you my career on it. I'll bet you my entire livelihood on it. That something really fucked up is happening here. They were trying to set someone up and it broke bad. It broke really bad. And now they're covering it up. Folks, Julie Kelly has a bombshell piece. She will be on my radio show later. Her, Darren Beatty, Steve Baker, Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger, hat tip to these guys who have not given up on this story. The fact that I'm covering this the day after the primary and that now 110,000 people, it's a half an hour in, are watching. I've got, I'm not even done. I've got this Julie Kelly piece is another mind-blowing piece. This is the biggest scandal right now in politics. I have exactly zero doubts about that. Let me take a quick break and I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to show you how crazy this story really is. That was a PTZ camera. You have the footage. There's fixed cameras there. You know it. Show us the footage. Hey, as we head into the presidential election year, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 is going to be tumultuous. Tumultuous. How will you hard-earned savings fare? Well, you already see the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store, and the dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now, you can own it like I do in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H. Just text Dan to 989898 and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers, including me, you can trust Birch Gold too. Text Dan to 989898 for your free info kit. Text Dan to 989898 now. Love this company. Been with them for a long time. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making investment decision. Message and data rates apply. Thanks, Birch Gold. And our last sponsor, Mike Lindell. Thank you for the fuzzy free towels. No more fuzzies. They sent me some of their awesome towels, a whole box. I really appreciate it. My pillow employees want to thank you guys too for your support. They're having an overstock clearance and new product sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code Dan and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0, 50, 
Also get 50% off the brand new flannel sheets that are super comfortable. They just arrived and won't last long. There's six pack towel sets for only $29.98, which I am now in love with. And take advantage of free shipping on larger items such as mattresses and mattress toppers. 100% made in the USA. On sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels with the same technology as the bath towels. They absorb dog beds for Lucy. Blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. They get the best specials ever. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-637-4982 and use promo code DAN and get free shipping on your entire order. Call 800-637-4982 or go to MyPillow.com and use promo code DAN. Okay. Thank you, MyPillow. Ladies and gentlemen, what the hell is going on? Kamala Harris was almost assassinated by a bomb. There's video of it. No one's showing us. And Kamala Harris, even in interviews, won't even acknowledge she was there. Please tell me I'm not crazy. Julie Kelly, declassified with Julie Kelly. Is this in the newsletter, Guy? Bongino.com slash newsletter. This is a must-read piece. She will be on my radio show at 2 o'clock. Kamala Harris is still unexplained presence at the DNC on January 6th. Folks, Julie Kelly notes something. This is so obvious that reporters that day would have tracked Kamala Harris movements everywhere she went to document for the history books a full accounting of how the first Madam Vice President prepared for the ceremonial event. He put this up on the screen, but leave it there for a second. I want him to read along home. Don't, don't pull it down. Folks, this was the first female vice president. This was a huge moment. My last job, I did this. There is press pool people that follow these protectees around all day. How the hell did the media not know on the day of the certification, Kamala was going to the DNC? Great question, Julie Kelly. Julie notes, perhaps she would oppose for a few endearing photos with the incoming second gentleman. No, no, not on January 6th, the biggest day of her life. She's hiding at the DNC for some reason. Julie notes, oddly, that was not the case. She was not at the Capitol. Rather than bask in the limelight of her pending coronation, Kamala Harris, for reasons still unknown, left the Capitol at 1125 a.m. on January 6th. Why? They note she attended a closed-door briefing of the Senate Intel Committee, the only other official business on the congressional calendar that day, and headed off campus. That's 8-8. Eight, eight. Joe Fugazi's on the case? I didn't. Now, folks, now we'll get answers. We're in good hands. Wait. <laughs> Fugazi's on the case. <laughs> I'm That's on the case, eight, ladies and gentlemen. Eight. I will get you answers on where <laughs> Kamala Harris was. On, I will get answers on where that Kamala Harris was on January 6th. Because I am the great Fugazi. <laughs> the great Fugazi. We'll have the answer by 8-8. Eight, eight. <laughs> if this tape worked, I would put the Fugazi head up. There, it does work. <laughs> the media doesn't know where she was on the biggest day of her life. And you believe that shit. You realize the suspension of disbelief you have to engage in to believe this version of events. Oh, yeah, nothing happened. It was just like a bomb and we all just forgot about it. Yeah, okay. Okay. 
Here, Julie Kelly piece is gone. You know I never use more than one or two screenshots. This piece is so good, I use four. Julie notes another important point. Well, where was Kamala going on the most important day of her life? The headquarters of the DNC. Just a few blocks away. And she notes it wasn't just a quick stop to make a few fundraising calls. Harris remained in the building until 1.15 p.m. Oh, my. Doesn't that sound strange? Which was after the joint session of Congress convened to debate the Electoral College results, leaving only when evacuated following the discovery of an explosive device outside. Folks, come on, man. I mean, Joe, you got the whistle. This is like, oh, yeah. This is like heavy under the. I ain't buying it, bro. I ain't buying it. She leaves at 1125. During the certification process to debate the results of her election, where she's going to be the vice president elect. Gee, you are by far the most skeptical of all of us. Gee doesn't, Gee doesn't believe anything. Gee's like, if I don't see it, it didn't happen. Tell me this shit isn't suspicious. Thank you. Even Gee is acknowledging, dude, it's a little weird. She's, they're about to debate her being the vice president. She's not even there? Not something's not in it. She doesn't tell anyone? I was nearly assassinated when I was gone. And she doesn't tell anyone. Matter of fact, she does everything in her power to hide it. You buying this shit. I ain't buying it, man. I, mean, I asked Kyle Serafin to come on my show. I, oh, wait, this is all I'm doing. Hold on. Did I respond back? I sent him a DM. Kyle, you got to get back. Are you watching right now, Kyle? If He watches my show sometimes. I, I got him lined up all week. Julie today. Kyle Serafin from the FBI tomorrow, because he's got some theories on this too. And then Darren Beatty again on Friday. I'm not letting this go. I'm not letting this go. Here's another screenshot you already saw. This is Kamala Harris, uh, you know, tweeting about it. The next part of Julie Kelly's piece. She notes, strangely, Kamala Harris omitted her near-death experience assassination plot at the hands of the MAGA bomber in a tweet a few hours later, which I discussed before. Folks, it's almost like they're hiding the fact that they were there. Almost like they didn't anticipate everything that would happen on January 6th. And they had a backup plan. The bombing, potential assassination plot to make you believe they had to shut this thing down. But then when things broke bad at the Capitol, they were like, no, this is a better story now. Let's leave that story behind and forget it happened. Hmm. That's a conspiracy theory. Okay, prove me wrong. Media people, I'm begging you to prove me wrong. Just ask. I'm writing Guy's word. He just said, it may be Guy's greatest line ever. This may be your greatest contribution to the show ever. Guy doesn't believe anything, folks. Anything. Anything ever. You tell Guy the sky is blue. He's like, what shade, man? What shade? Because by my, that's chartreuse. But he doesn't believe anything. I tell him there's 116,000 people. He goes, eh, I'm not sure. A thousand may be ghosts. It may be the guy debates it. He's the biggest skeptic ever. There is no bigger PETA. Pain in the ass to Guy. There's nothing you can tell him. You say two plus two equals four. He wants evidence. Guy just said to me, I don't know, man. Kind of smells like a plan B to me. No shit. 
hey, man, if this thing at the Capitol doesn't break bad and we need a reason to shut down this whole process because we don't want people looking into what happened, maybe we should get this bomb plot ready to go. Oh, we don't need the bomb plot. Let's pretend that never happened. Do over. Do over. And never mention it again. Because then if we mention it, people may know we had a plot. Chatsters, you, you picking up what I'm putting down? I think we should name this from now on, Giza. This should be called Plan B. One more cut from Julie's piece here. It's a short one. Julie notes, hilariously, perhaps too traumatized to relive the experience, Kamala Harris also didn't speak of the incident the next day. During a six-minute speech condemning the January 6th attack, and she promised that the rule of law would prevail. So again, just to kind of sum up where we are. Kamala Harris mysteriously leaves the day she's supposed to be certified as vice president-elect. Never tells anyone she's leaving. Is gone when the actual certification process to make her the vice president-elect is going on. Only leaves the DNC when the bomb is discovered. She doesn't mention it in the CBS interview we played. She doesn't mention it in the speech the next day. She doesn't mention it in a tweet the next day. The media is itching to make the story go away. The camera footage of the bomb being dropped has mysteriously disappeared. We now find out it's a PTZ camera with fixed cameras around there. So someone was there the night before with a joystick zooming in, which I told you a week ago. So someone saw the bomb being dropped, and yet we still don't have the footage. We know the footage was manipulated. We know the metadata of the cell phone of the alleged bomber was corrupted and not given to be corrupted. Corrupted. And we know the media strangely has no questions whatsoever about what happened. Oh, yeah, there's another one. Sorry. Here's where the story gets even stranger from Julie. She notes Attorney General Garland and FBI Director A also never mentioned the fact that Kamala Harris was almost assassinated and lost her life and limb on January 6th. In an announcement earlier in the month about the bomber, they mentioned nothing about Kamala Harris and this assassination plot. Now, why is this important? This is something you're not going to hear anywhere else. Folks, the FBI and the United States Secret Service have an MOU. I explained this the other day. It's called a Memorandum of Understanding. If there is an assassination plot in a protectee that we've been told this was, a bomb with Kamala Harris there, the Secret Service does not investigate itself. They're not allowed. They have a Memorandum of Understanding that the crime scene will be held by the Secret Service, but as soon as the FBI arrives, it's their crime scene. Does everybody in the chat understand why? If the Secret Service Fs up and the president almost gets killed, you're not going to investigate yourself. They're obligated by this memorandum of understanding to hold the crime scene, coordinate off, but the FBI takes over. They will tell Secret Service guys, don't touch it, don't smell it, don't do anything. Because you guys cannot investigate yourselves. Where am I going with this? Chatsters, you already know. So if the FBI is the lead agency on this, they don't mention it was a potential assassination plot and that's why they're the lead agency? What the hell is going on here? I'm telling you, man, they are covering something big. Listen, I am so confident about this. I am so confident. When I first 
after, I want to say, hat, full hat tip and credit to Mark Levin. Mark Levin was the first person I remember breaking the Spygate story. And Brian Stelter, that slob, that Twinkie-eaten zero, he was like, ah, conspiracy theorist Mark Levin's ridiculously suggesting that, you know, Trump was spied on. Levin was right. I came along a couple weeks later after an FBI contact called me in, in a hotel room in Texas. So I always give credit. And folks, when I brought it up on my show at the time, everybody thought I was crazy. I was called a wacko, just like Levin. Levin was first, though. I was called a nut, and I was right. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't, don't, I'm not telling you, but I don't really give a shit. I wrote this book, Spygate, five years ago, six years ago. I want you to notice something about the book. Look how many pages of footnotes they are. Endnotes, I'm sorry. There are tons of them. And I want you to notice in the end notes that it's almost all left-leaning sources. Everybody thought I was nuts when I wrote this book. That's why I use left-leaning sources to say, if it's a conspiracy theory, why did you write this? I am confident, again, this is as big a scandal. This looks to me, and you call me as crazy as you want, like this was the backup plan to shut that down. And when they didn't need the backup plan, because they thought they had an insurrection narrative at the Capitol. They scrapped it and wanted to make it go away so you would never see there was a plan B. Right then, and I'm telling you I'm right now. Now, again, in case you're thinking, well, Dan, maybe the media is not curious about an assassination plot against the first female vice president-elect and first female vice president because they don't really care about assassination plots. Oh, really? Here's a screenshot of my phone. All I put in in Google, so the left can't say like I'm trying to bias this by using an actual unbiased. I put in a left-leaning search engine. Google, right there. It's an actual screenshot of my phone. Glad I spelled everything right. I know, I don't capitalize. Who cares? George Bush, grenade, Tbilisi, Georgia. You know, a president was almost assassinated in Tbilisi, Georgia by a grenade. I remember I was an instructor in our training center when it happened. It was a big scandal. Folks, look at this. FBI.gov. This is, this is the first three hits. Look how many hits there are. 166,000 results. Grenade thrower meant to kill Bush. FBI says hand grenade thrown at Bush was live. I could have, I, that, that's just a screenshot of the first three hits. Strange, though. You hear absolutely nothing about this case outside of right-wing media, which is, just means normal media that tells the truth. You hear nothing about this case at all. What was Kamala Harris doing at the DNC? Holy shit, we got 120,000. If we get to 130 in the next 10 minutes, we'll blast the flames again and use the digi-glasses. Folks, what was Kamala Harris doing at the DNC? All you got to do is ask media people. You think I'm crazy? You think I'm some nutbag? Fine. Fine. I don't care. I don't have a thick skin. I have a thin skin. I got into it with uh, some radio guy yesterday. I have a thin skin. I, I'm not going to, you, you, you fuck around with me. You're going to find out. Like I, I love to, I love to tussle. All right. I love to get into it. But in this case, I have a thick skin on this. Call me whatever name you want. I'm just asking you to ask two simple questions. Where is the camera footage of the guy dropping the bomb? Number one. And number two, 
Why was Kamala Harris at the DNC for the biggest moment of her life up on the Capitol, the certification of her election? I'm just, you answer those two questions. I will acknowledge you did at least a little bit of journalism and then you could call me whatever you want. A D-bag, an A-hole, conspiracy theorist, nut job. You'll call me that anyway. I'm just asking you as journalists, two questions. Where's the camera footage of the guy dropping the bomb? And why was Kamala at the DNC? And then call me whatever you want. Fair enough. Fair, right, Joe? Fair yeah. I'm, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll even pretend I like it. Oh, look, I call me a D-bag. Great, but he asked the questions. Don't care. I have a theory on this, folks. You already heard it. He calls it the plan, but he's right. It's the best way. This was the plan B. The Democrats understood they had a real problem. Folks, the mass mail-in ballot election. You know what, Key? I'm going to ask you to jump ahead for a second. I'm really sorry, but this is, and I'll cover this in detail tomorrow. Can you pull that Washington Post piece from Liptak in 2012? Uh, was it New York Times about the mail-in balloting? I think I told you, I know it's like later in the show. I want to show you something. Here's what I think happened. I'm going to, in the next five minutes or so, I'm going to walk you through this. They pushed due to COVID. And we now know, and I'll cover this tomorrow at length. We now know, according to America First Legal, which is doing amazing work in a lawsuit, that the United States government knew that COVID wasn't going to affect in-person voting at all. I'll get to that tomorrow. The Democrats wanted, though, you to believe that COVID was going to kill you if you voted in person. So they needed to do it by mail. You following me? There was an entity called CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure uh, uh, Security Agency. CISA told the United States government, that's not true. People can vote safely in person. And if you vote by mail, there's going to be a lot of problems with fraud. Here's the crazy thing. A government entity told told the people in the government that this mail-in balloting thing is going to go awry. This is going to be really bad. Yet, the the government entity was censored from telling you that so they could push mail-in balloting. They knew there would be fraud. Here's an article in 2012 from the New York Times. It's in the newsletter. Bookmark it. This is about issues and fraud in absentee and mail voting. Quote, this is the New York Times in 2012. They knew there was going to be massive fraud in this election. I promise I'll tie this together for you. They knew it. They censored anyone talking about it. Here's the New York Times, quote, yet votes by mail are less likely to be counted, more likely to be compromised, and more likely to be contested than those cast in a voting booth. Statistics show this is the freaking New York Times. Election officials reject almost 2% of ballots cast by mail, double the rate for in-person voting. The more people you force to vote by mail, Mr. Sancho said, the more invalid ballots you will generate. Election experts say the challenges created by mail-in ballots could well affect outcomes this fall and beyond. If the contests next month are close enough to be within what election lawyers call the margin of litigation, like 2020, the grounds on which they will be fought will not be hanging chads, but ballots cast away from the voting booth. They all knew, brothers and sisters. They all knew. They knew a mass mail-in ballot election would be rife with fraud. The New York Times knew it. The government knew it. CISA knew it. 
The lefties knew it, but they pushed it anyway because it was the only way Biden was going to win. As Trump started asking questions, and folks, some of them were, some of them turned out to be nonsense, but some of them were legitimate questions. As Trump started to ask questions about mail-in ballots, signature matching, how come some people turned up on ballots and others didn't, and just how mail-in balloting, as CISA and the New York Times noted, is rife for fraud, the Democrats realized they had a problem. The Democrats on certification day on January 6th understood that they could not let that process be challenged. Because if there was a challenge on the Senate floor, and this was aired in front of the American people by a collective group of Republicans who were not Trump, it wasn't going to be a fringe theory. It was going to become mainstream that this election had a lot of problems. The Democrats, just like in the Spygate calculation, made a calculation they had to shut that shit down. They had to do a Bucky powder maker. If you listen to my radio show, you know. They had to shut that shit down. They weren't sure what was going to happen with this rally. They weren't sure if January 6th was going to bubble over like they hoped. But they needed a reason to shut it down. And it appears that this assassination plot was plan B. And the only reason you're not hearing about it is because they didn't need it. Because of what happened at the Capitol. And the fact that it was there as a plan B would lead you to believe there was a plan A. And they don't want that. So they're trying to make plan B go away and ask absolutely no questions whatsoever. I want to leave you with this, Guy, the Washington Post piece that was supposed to be next. This is how important, the one about the violence. This is how important this January 6th insurrection narrative was to them that I believe they had a backup plan with these bombs. They understand fully that they are caught, the Transition Integrity Project, the Time article, that they've admitted openly now that their entire movement on the left was bedrocked in violence and street protests. I've already showed you the receipts. You can look them up. Transition Integrity Project and the Time article, we've covered it a thousand times. So what the left needed you to believe, even though they were the violent ones, the chop zone and everything else, they needed you to believe that they were stopping all the chaos up on the Capitol. Chaos, looking into the shady mail-in ballot election because the right was violent. And the only way to do that was to have a plan A and a plan B. Here's what worries me, folks. They're doing it again. This is just the other day, January 21st. What is it, 24th today? I I know you knew it. Here they go again. Washington Post. Loyalty, long lines, and civil war talk. A raging movement propels Trump. They are doing the same shit again. They are preparing for street violence and censorship, and they're preparing to do some kind of plan A, plan B setup where they make us look like the crazy ones. Here, read the piece yourself. Many people who studied political violence are worried about a 2024 repeat of the chaos that unfolded on January 6th. You see how important this narrative is to them? When a pro-Trump mob stormed the Capitol in outrage over Trump's loss. What we have and what we can measure is the raw kindling that is combustible, Poppy said. What we can't predict are the matches that political leaders can throw on that kindling. You see what they're doing, man. I have absolutely zero doubt there's another plan A and plan B getting ready for this election too. Do not, under any circumstances, get baited. Folks, do exercise your rights. They are God-given. 
You assemble peacefully wherever you want. But I am begging you, please do not get baited because I'm telling you, they are already plotting plan A and plan B again. And I have absolutely zero freaking doubt in my mind, zero doubt that that bomb thing was a setup. I'm going to cover the Carrie Lake thing tomorrow. I know there's a lot of questions, but folks, I'm sorry. The story is too important. I'm going to leave you as I started. The two questions I need you to fire off to journalists today on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can find them. What the hell was Kamala Harris doing at the DNC during her certification? And where the hell was that camera operated by a human being? And now we know, man, 24 hours. Where the hell was that camera when that guy dropped the bomb and why can't we see it? Something ain't right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I so deeply appreciate it. Please do us a favor, download the Rumble app. We've had an amazing week, as you can see, reflected in our price in the market, which we always appreciate your support out there for the app and the show. Rumble.com slash Bongino. If you're on the web, download the Rumble app. Start an account. It is absolutely free. And join me in the chat. I was in there today at 9.30, chatting for about an hour with people. I'm D. Bongino Show. Love to have you. Set up an account today. We'd love to see you tomorrow. We had 15,000 in the chat before the show. It's a great number. I'll see you on the radio show in a few minutes. You can watch it live here. And I'll be back here tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.